Hi, listeners, and welcome to My Holland Update. This is Marianne Manderfield, your host, and today our guest is Captain Chris Tinney with the Holland Fire Department. Hi, Chris. Thanks for being here today. Good morning. So we're heading into November and wrapping up to October, which was Fire Prevention Month. So this is the perfect time to summarize safety, talk about fire prevention, and everything that the fire department does for our community. Um, to kind of to coincide with Fire Prevention Month, you all recently produced a video that targeted older adults, and typically we've seen fire prevention targeting children. So right. what prompted the video? Uh, our fire marshal has been detailed to the state of Michigan, or the fire marshal, the state of Michigan fire marshals, uh, basically a, a uh, task force. Um, that's the Community Risk Reduction Task Force. And they are constantly looking at trends throughout the state of Michigan as far as where should we be directing our, our fire prevention efforts, uh, what are the problems, where are people being injured or, or in fact killed, and how do we direct messaging and strategies to help avoid that in the future? Uh, some of the trends were a, bit, a little bit more uh, disturbing. Fire generally affects the young and the old anyway. Uh, we're finding that people 49 and up are becoming that larger group of people that are falling victims to fire, or falling victim to fire. And uh, that kind of stood as a wake-up call. Um, you know, we have our own opportunities to produce some of these videos, and we thought it was a great opportunity to partner with them and get a message out. When we look at, uh, we've been very fortunate in Holland. I think our last fire-related death was back in 2013. Uh, doesn't mean that it can't happen again. Sure. Uh, and recognizing that there are trends out there, uh, you know, Holland's not unlike other communities. Uh, we certainly have our uh, our unique challenges, um, but as a rule, fire fire doesn't always discriminate. And uh, seeing that message or seeing the, the opportunity to jump on that and say, hey, we need to get this message out and start educating people in that age group about what they need to do to prevent fire, but also how to react. That video is actually more about what you should do if you do have a fire. And I think uh, we spent a lot of time talking about prevention, but we also want to look at results and what, what's going to happen when people actually do have a fire. So that was a, it was a real good video that talked about some fire safety messaging, but it also talked about what you do if you actually do have a fire. And where can they find that video? Video of uh, cityofholland.com. If you okay. go to the fire department uh, webpage, uh, there is a, uh, a section on there about uh, the public safety announcements, and uh, there is, that video is embedded there or linked there. Okay. I think in the video, one of the things it talks about is the importance of smoke detectors smoke alarms and how much difference does a smoke alarm in somebody's house really make a working smoke alarm yeah, great great point working smoke alarm and there, there's more than one component to just having a smoke alarm you need to have them they need to be placed in the right places uh, we recommend in fact they are required new construction especially in residential homes uh, making sure you have one in each bedroom sleeping okay. room one on each floor uh, in okay. the pathway to and from those sleeping areas oh, okay. so we want to have early notification it's so much more important today uh Data uh, suggests that the fire growth rates are much quicker. The time you would have had years ago to escape a house fire uh, is a lot less today. Is that building materials? That's more building flammable? synthetics, uh, mm -hmm. those items. Uh, you have, you have most upholstery, uh, furniture, things like that, need to have some type of UL rating on it. But we're finding that uh, you know those materials do contribute to to smoke. Okay. And rapid uh, fire spread throughout a throughout a residence, and most of our fatal fires are occurring in residential occupancies. So really, right. okay. And that's where where we really need to see people take a more active role 
and trying to not only prevent them, but be prepared to respond when they do occur. So having a good working smoke alarm located in the residence where it needs to be, making sure that they are maintained. We recommend that they're tested on a monthly basis and that, uh, you know, use the test function. You're basically just testing the alarm. But what we really want people to do is make sure they change the batteries. If they have batteries, they have batteries mm-hmm. in the, the smoke alarm. Some of these are electric. Because uh, some can be hardwired, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, in the city of Holland, anything new would be required to have uh, hardwired uh, with a battery backup. So okay. most detectors today have some, or most smoke alarms rather, have some form of battery backup. And those we recommend get changed twice a year. And we, we always use the slogan, change your clock, change your battery. So that serves as a good reminder. And uh, that's coming up. I think it's coming November, out, uh, first week of November. Weekend? Yeah, it's pretty quick here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we know it, it'll be uh, yeah. So falls everybody, upon us. check your batteries. Yep, check your. Uh, what do you say? Change your clock. Change your battery. I think right. that's what we said. And um, you know, with that said, you go. Uh, a lot of times we get false alarms, and we get a call from a resident saying, "Hey, my smoke alarms are going off. I don't know what's happening. There's no smoke in the building. We'll respond." And a lot of times we'll find that there is uh, there's actually uh, dust and dirt debris that's that's in the smoke alarm that's creating a false oh, you know, okay. a false sense of smoke being in the, de- in the detection device in there. So a soft uh, brush with a vacuum, uh, can of compressed air, sometimes will help clean that out of there. Okay. Our fire marshal responded to a false alarm the other day. Uh, actually, it was earlier in the month. Uh, there was a spider that was in the smoke alarm. So oh that, my goodness. that actually created the... The, uh, the the nuisance alarm. But, oh, okay. But again, it was a, an opportunity to clean that out, do some education, sure. and focus on results. So. Sure. Okay. Um, besides fires, fire department does a lot for the community. When somebody calls 911, how, what's the level of response and who responds first? Depends on the call type. Uh, if it's a structured fire or fire and residence commercial fire uh, in an industrial facility, something like that, uh, we are the department that responds. Uh, we've got a pretty good response time, anywhere from three to five, three to six minutes anywhere in the community, depending on other call volumes where we're at. Sure. Um, that's pretty straightforward. Um, what Where it gets a bit more unique is our tiered response to EMS. Uh, understanding that there's not a lot of resources in our area. We are the first responding agency. Uh, when you do call 911, you're having a medical emergency, we can respond immediately. They're uh, all trained EMTs, correct? Right, all, all of our personnel are uh, EMT basics. Okay. Uh, we've also, uh, we, we carry a lot of different equipment, too, uh, within that licensure that maybe people don't think we do. Uh, automatic chest compression devices. We do carry some medications now. They're a lot different than we used to do in the past. Our scope of practice has changed. We're starting to see kind of a narrowing between the uh, advanced uh, advanced EMT mm-hmm. and the basic uh, EMT. So okay. there's a lot of things we couldn't do before that we can do now. Uh, my charge to our people is if there's a tool or technique within our uh scope of practice you know we need to get that you know get it into our system train on it get it on our vehicles and make sure we're ready to provide that but with that said we are the first responding agency uh, there's there wouldn't be enough ambulances in the mm-hmm. area it would be probably uneconomical or not economical to have that many resources in the area uh, so we respond first we get there uh, sometimes with the ambulance sometimes uh, there's times they may beat us but more often than not uh, we arrive on scene we start our patient assessment we do start treatment and, okay. You know, we even start packaging the patient to get them ready for AMR to transport them. To the oh, okay, I did not. I did not know that. So that's why I see fire trucks at a car accident, or right, right. And, and on a car accident or vehicle crash, we do use uh, there's there's equipment on those vehicles that you know, it's designed to actually extricate people mm-hmm. from you know jaws of life. Uh, we have uh, extrication tool airbags. 
uh, struts, cribbing, that type of stuff that we would use to stabilize the vehicle to even get the patient out of there to treat them. So uh, in our model here, we use what's called a rescue pumper concept. Everything we need to respond to most calls we have in the city uh, is placed on one vehicle. Yeah, we have uh, we have three of those. Okay. Uh, you know, one at the Waverly Station, one at the Common Park Station, and we actually have our Station Three truck. It's probably not set up uh, quite as much as a rescue pumper, but all of those vehicles are licensed as EMS vehicles. Okay. And they carry basically as a rolling toolbox. We carry everything we need uh, to respond to any type of call, the most common calls that we have in the city. Hall. I joked the other day that those vehicles uh, wouldn't need a fire station per se. You know, they have everything they need on them. They're a little, you know, a little bigger. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're not as agile as some of the smaller vehicles we had in the past. Uh, but today we've we've adapted our current staffing model, which is a little bit smaller, or quite a bit smaller than what it used to be in the past, um, to to still meet the performance criteria we think we need to have to provide a good service. Well, thank you, Chris, for being with us today. Appreciate it. And until next month, this is my Holland update. 